0: You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. Hello. In this week's episode, Como's FOMO, the noms are in for the ambies, paid per minute podcasting, Pushkin is pushing people out, Podcast pasta, and Spotify losing shows but making friends. All right, stocks, we're back, episode three. Well and truly back into the swing of things now, the holidays seem like a distant memory where in February, can you believe it?
1: Cannot believe it. Um, We're recording on time, back to our normal routine, record Thursday morning, publish Friday morning, so we might actually be topical and on point this week. Now, we did miss the Spotify cuts last week, Yeah, so we will have a bit of a deeper dive about that at the end of this episode. Yeah, great. Well, a ton of stories coming through. Um, We'll jump in. I
0: mean, the first interesting one that we found is former New York governor, uh, Como, has started an ad-free podcast company.
1: Yep, this is Andrew Cuomo. Um, You might know him as from his time during COVID. He was sort of the guy running the New York response. Yeah, the absolute darling. Yes, and initially lauded for his response efforts. Uh, He's now a disgraced former New New York state governor. May or may not remember, there was a federal investigation after it was discovered that his administration had covered up information pertaining to COVID-19 deaths among nursing home residents. There was a bit of trouble there. And he ended up uh, resigning over sexual assault allegations. Yeah. Not ideal. No. No. Uh, and he's a bit of a Nepo baby. His dad, Mario Cuomo, was back in the 80s and I think early 90s, a uh, three or four term governor of New York. So, very much born into political class yep. and really sort of, I guess, similar to George Bush and George Bush Jr., is a you can run off the, I guess, political machine that your family's built. Totally. So,
0: he wants to start a media company.
1: What are the motives here? <laughs> Well, I love what you've put here, which is he's just a bloke wanting to start a media company. <laughs> uh, just a guy. It's a guy and a girl. Yeah. Uh, look, I guess it's about having a platform and having some control. Yeah. And someone's got some money behind him, I guess. He's starting off with his weekly podcast called As a Matter of Fact with Andrew Cuomo. Uh, and they do have an ad-free subscription level. So what happens is the first two episodes are free on Apple Podcasts right now. If you were to get into it, but then going forward, uh, you pay uh, a subscription, which is currently a forty percent holiday special of two ninety-nine per month. Or twenty nine ninety nine per year.
0: Yeah, okay. So, essentially, he's kind of building up this network. It wants to just have you know, direct subscription money rather than ad revenue as his way to kind of differentiate.
1: Yeah. And look, this is interesting. We talked about Donald Trump Jr. last week. Mm-hmm. And now you've got Cuomo. Um, you're getting these sort of political or ex-political or political adjacent people or at least these political names are moving into podcasting. So we've got two. It's not quite a trend
0: yet, but it's certainly moving towards that direction. It's interesting. Like if people can't sort of find their place on mainstream TV or mainstream radio or whatever the kind of mainstream medium is, this seems to be a way obviously there's there's few gatekeepers as we constantly go on about with podcasts um a way for them to continue to have their voice heard he obviously feels like he's got a lot left in the tank that has been unsaid and maybe his time as governor came a little short for the reasons discussed um so here
1: we go he's found a way around it and and we'll see how this one goes yeah and he's a democrat he's left-leaning so on it's on the other side of the aisle i guess from don trump jr so it's interesting to see that these people are trying to form their own media companies or platforms where they can get their messaging out un- unfettered.
0: Yeah, so with the twenty nine ninety nine for the year, will you get more than Andrew Cuomo? Will he start
1: adding other shows to the roster? We'll- Allegedly. Yeah. Like it's a media company, so let's see what he's got. Yeah. So the Podcast Academy has announced the nominees for the third annual Awards of Excellence in Audio, the Ambies. We've talked about this before. The Ambies is seeming to position itself maybe as... The biggest podcast awards in the US, at least, and mm-hmm. uh, just interesting to keep an eye on how this develops because there does need to be some sort of podcast award that's out there um, at some point. When for podcasting to evolve, it needs some sort of Emmys, uh, Grammys, Academy Award type of thing, but it's so vast, it's it's kind of logistically how, how do you do this and there's no consolidated podcasting really. Um, the Ambies will be hosted by Emmy Award winning producer, writer, comedian, actor and podcast host yeah. Larry Wilmore of uh, Daily Show fame and it's on uh, March 7th. So, we'll put a full list of nominees into show notes but again, it's not covering the biggest names in podcasting. Yeah. I ran through the list and it's like, oh, okay. It's not something like the Emmys where you go, okay, these were the top shows of... The year, yeah, I heard of that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to, to think about the kind of what the the metric is for success or what what makes the best. It'd be good just to get a bit more kind of information on on that down the track and and sort of see what they're looking for in their nominees. Are they looking for just the kind of big glitz and glamour names, or are they looking for something that is a bit more substantial, something of a bit more merit, audio quality, all of these little sort of niche kind of things that make up podcasting?
1: Yeah, and it's an interesting time for awards. Uh, if you look at something like the Academy Awards, having Top Gun Maverick nominated and that being a big deal Mm. because it's actually putting a blockbuster in and actually putting in a movie I guess with the not the death, but the, the demise of cinema viewing of yep. films and moving across to streaming, there aren't these big events. So you get what what's the biggest movie event of last year, getting nominated for Best Picture. You go, okay, here we go. And there's a lot of excitement around that because you look at the Academy Awards and there's a potential that you won't know any of the films.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So why do you want to tune in? The, the awards as itself, as an institution, sort of, sort of declines in, in relevance.
1: Yeah, so it might be a bit of a tough slog or impossibility for podcasting to ever get a definitive award ceremony. So are we moving towards paid per minute podcasts? So there's a couple players in this space, but one in particular is Fountain. Fountain is bringing enhanced payment features to a podcast app. That's their quote. The Fountain app doesn't just stream the audio, it streams money seamlessly along it in both directions. So... If you listen to a podcast, you pay for content per minute as you listen to it. So when you stop listening, the money stops streaming to the podcast and you only pay for what you've actually listened. This runs on um, Bitcoin. But Uh you don't need to know anything about Bitcoin for it to happen. Good, good. Um, It's just that's the way the the payment works. Uh, The integration works the other way as well. So, Fountain users will earn money for the first hour of daily podcast listening and creators and brands can promote their podcast episodes, short highlights or clips or ads, which streams money to the listener per minute. So, this means users get paid for listening to content they enjoy while creators get a very efficient way to get in front of their interested audience. Listen to earn claims to be much more efficient than traditional advertising. Uh, with direct interaction, money streamed per minute, stops when you stop listening, so it's pay, pay to play. So in theory, creators will only pay for true fans that want to listen to their content as opposed to running ads that cost the same even if the user doesn't end up listening to the podcast. I don't know. What do you reckon? It's interesting.
0: It's interesting. I mean, it's certainly trying something different. It just sort of seems like a bit of a kind of circle that the money is going to be going around in.
1: It's a version of subscription, really, right? Yeah. It's not really an advertising solution. It's more. I'd rather cop an ad or fast forward through it than pay pay to play.
0: Yeah. So I've got my bank of twelve Bitcoin, which would value probably a lot more than what they're thinking here. But that much money in my account, I whack on. You know, whatever podcast I want to listen to, the world famous behind the podcast that mm. runs for fifteen half an hour. If I'm sort of running low on on my on my funds, then I get stopped. Halfway through, I run out of my petrol tank, essentially.
1: It discourages you from listening, in a way. Like, the incentive is to listen less... Because it'll cost you less. Yeah, so it reminds it's, it's me a, a little weird. bit of when you used to make like paid.
0: Well, this will really be throwing us all back into you know previous century when you used to make a phone call from a public telephone down <laughs> the street. Yeah, and you'd chuck in a dollar or whatever you put in, and then you know during the call you'd hear oh you've only got ten seconds left or whatever, and you'd have to top it up with more coins. Yeah. So this is kind of like what this is. This is a coin based. <laughs> You know, public phone solution to podcasting.
1: I don't think it'll work, but look,
0: hey, good luck. Again, people are trying things. We love to see that. Definitely.
1: <laughs> now, this is uh, the Purge continuing. We'll talk about the Spotify Purge later, but look, there's been the uh, Pushkin industry Purge as uh, Pushkin has laid off a significant, well, a handful of employees this week. Pushkin's an interesting and one of our favorites. Yeah. Mark and Gladwell started this podcast uh, company and they make some pretty cool audio. Like very rich, quality, immersive. Totally. Highly, highly produced audio. I've always wondered how they made money. Yeah. Um, Not because I doubted it. It was more like you are really creating quite expensive stuff. Uh A lot of it is limited seasons. Yeah. So you got to build an audience from scratch and then it goes away so revisionist history is malcolm gladwell's one yeah and that runs what 10 episode series maybe drops twice a year yeah um he's got ads on there he's also got an ad free stream which is i think 4.99 per month and you get the ad free version so there's a revenue stream Mm -hmm. and i understand that would probably fit with his quite highbrow intelligentsia audience yep yep who go hey i'll pay not to hear ads yeah i'll take the tote bag yeah but Um, I always assume they either had a massive audience or a very rich benefactor. Yeah. I mean, it's really similar to, to Gimlet, you know,
0: back when they had all of their kind of initial cuts before all this, this recent round of, of, of uh, stuffing cuts started, where that was one of the problems that they faced is all of their shows were so rich and they did require so much research and the production value was so high and they were on these like specific topics, but it wasn't, you know, an evergreen kind of thing. Um, and so they just weren't getting the returns for it at that stage but at that stage you know they were a startup company that was growing and people were investing in it and, and you know that the quality of what was out there it was like you know trying to position itself like an hbo or something like that really high quality podcasting um, while this thing was in an incredible time of growth while people weren't necessarily watching what the actual bottom line was they were just more in Involved in getting new listeners. Now, when those new listeners stop, or you know things in the market changes, and suddenly people just need to focus a bit more on the bottom line, then you know those sorts of shows present themselves as easy options to cut off because of the cost uh, associated with creating them. So it's sad in a way for you know something like Gladwell's range of of shows because they are so interesting they're so well done but it's the sustainability around that how do you kind of find the balance where you're able to kind of produce something at a cost that makes sense to you know investors or just the the bottom line of the business um and get that same quality across i mean you know it's no doubt something they're going to be working through
1: for a while to come a little bit of a timeline for pushkin so in november 2020 they did a co-production deal and distribution deal with iheart and that was basically, um, it started off with two shows that I had funded that uh, Pushkin produced. Then in June 2022, they had a first look deal with production company A24. So that's made movies like uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, makes really high quality, a beautiful alignment in the type of films Definitely. and TV that A24 makes and Pushkin makes. This is
0: similar to some of the things that we've seen in the past with Amazon and, and some of the shows that they've
1: taken and created
0: from podcasts like Homecoming.
1: Yes, exactly. So this seemed like a very clever deal. There was a possible deal between Pushkin and Amazon Music was being reported by our lovely Ashley Carmen at Bloomberg. Uh, and there was talk about Amazon was looking to purchase them, but the offer ultimately came in significantly lower than expected due to, I guess, what's going on in the tech world now. And that seems to have been the final straw that has led to the layoff of this handful of employees. A quick note to staff: CEO of Pushkin Industries Jacob Weisberg wrote that the company is facing a year of weaker and less certain revenues, and the climate in which raising money in which raising money has become difficult. So it does seem to lead to what we're saying is that they are running off a benefactor, mm. and some they've gone, they've basically gone. We're not actually financially viable because if you're looking to raise money to expand, you're not actually a sustainable business. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Anyway, uh, on that gloomy thing, let's, yeah, uh, let's something a uh, bit more tasty. Yeah, let's give that a go. So this is a fun story. This is um, the podcast pasta saga continues. So creative ways to generate revenue off a podcast. Like this is basically, um, this is merch mm-hmm. for me. And this is a creative merch. So Dan Pashman is host of The Sporkful, created a new pasta shape called Cascatelli. He invented it in a three-year quest, which was, I believe, documented on the podcast, to build the best pasta based on forkability, yep. um, sauceability, uh-huh. and tooth sinkability. That's three pretty cool metrics. Yep. I like those. So he partnered with New York-based pasta maker, I'm going to get this wrong, and Svoglini, to produce it. The shape which Pashman owns the rights to, is also being made in gluten-free chickpea form by Banza and sold separately at Trader Joe's on its own label. This week, Pashman announced he was going to go again on two more pasta shapes. Uh-huh. So basically in the two years um, since the pasta of the cascatelli went, first went on sale, the pasta shapes business now accounts for 40% of the revenue of the, that business, which is the podcast business. Awesome. The other 60% comes from podcast ads, live events and cookbook deal. So, you know, this is merch, really cool edible merch. Basically they were saying between March 2021 and 2022, the company sold 417000 Thousand pounds of Pashman's pasta and it makes up 10% of the pasta company's sales. So across the board, this seems to be a a massive success. Yeah, this is so cool, I think. Um, Just
0: having, you know, it's it's sort of meta in the way that the the show works to create this merch and, and, you know, it's the methodology behind what goes into it. They've created their things like forkability, how you get the pasta out into your fork, how easy it is to get into your mouth. Sauceability: How much you can carry onto, how much sauce it can carry into your mouth, so you're getting a good dollop with each bit of pasta you get, and obviously tooth sinkability: Can you just hoe into it? I mean, awesome. Anyone who listens to the show will have been really invested in this kind of journey and this and this approach um and as you can see by the sales i mean making up 40 percent of the revenue is pretty amazing and then having that sort of you know the live show element that goes along with that which is you know around cooking which has a huge you know audience in and of itself i mean i think audiences always want to see the way that people are able to create great things in the kitchen and and certainly you know if you've been listening to all this it just it's one of those shows which i imagine has you salivating as you're listening to it to be able to see it to be able to go out and
1: buy it i'd be on it straight away if i was if i was listening to this show it's amazing. And, and to, to be a significant part of this pasta company's business going forward as well. Yeah. And it's a content stream. Like and you've yeah. basically gone, okay, well, now we're going to create another one. Follow us on this journey. This totally. a show.
0: Totally. And they're going straight into Trader Joe's, which is like huge distribution around America. So, amazing yeah, stuff. Yeah, apparently
1: they're in roughly 2,000 stores. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> bung, bung. Did Spotify screw up? Daniel X says no. And yes. So, bit on here. So, it's been a big week for Spotify. They had their Q4 financial results come out this week. And obviously, they had the 6% uh, cut of staff worldwide last week. So, uh, never dull. Mm -hmm. Never dull. There's a sort of larger theme, obviously. We've we've
0: talked about a few um, examples of this. There's a lot of cuts happening in the tech world. You know, so this is probably no surprise. Six percent is is large. Look, um, a
1: third of Reddit was let go worldwide last week.
0: That's right, and, and Meta have lost a ton of people, Microsoft, you know, everyone's cutting. Now, everyone is cutting, yes, and that is a story by itself certainly sounds alarming, but they also, you know, a lot of these companies went through a huge growth during the pandemic. So where they're cutting from to where they are now, in some instances might be sort of above where they were when the pandemic started. And maybe that was quite reckless in the way that they expanded, thinking this was this like hyper acceleration moment where all of these new things that they were expecting in the future of technology were going to be happening right away. So, you know, maybe they got a little bit ahead of themselves, but, you know, it's important to remember that there's people you know who make up these percentages? Of human of, beings. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's really sad in that regard. They have had growth of, of paid subscribers up fourteen percent year over year. So that's a huge figure. Yeah. So they're finding the sort of reconciling the six percent layoff and that figure is interesting as well.
1: Yeah. And look, from a podcasting point of view, that says nothing about Spotify's podcasting no. business. The one that does is that overall, uh, Spotify gained thirty-three million people total active users in the last quarter. It's a record high. So they have over 489 million free and paid subscribers, which is up 20% over last year. And you've got to figure podcasting played a role in that.
0: Totally. And it's it's interesting. I mean, some figures that we've talked about in the past about the decline in the number of new podcasts that are coming out and being created, you know, this is, this is really falling off a cliff. But I think that sort of speaks to the rise of podcasting and the sort of the no barriers approach of being able to get into it, a lot of people gave it a shot, you know, and, and the former figures showed that people would try once and then never do it again. Mm-hmm. So there's all of these new shows being created in that time. I think, you know, it's it's obviously maturing a lot more. People understand what it takes and, and to get a successful podcast a bit more. So it might be a bit of a deterrent in that way. Yes. But it's certainly not impacting the listeners. I think the listening is
1: growing and growing and growing. And you talked about a, um, a bump due to COVID. I mean, the ultimate bump out there was people making a podcast. Yeah. COVID. Absolutely, um, a way to connect with friends and, yeah. and you know just get your voices heard if you feel like, like you haven't. Everyone been suddenly speaking got the Zoom set up, house parties going, yeah, all of these type of things. It's like, hey, why don't we just record one of these conversations together? Yeah, like it's just hitting record on Zoom was all it was.
0: Yeah. I mean, we were doing some pretty strange things and during the lockdown, finding ways to entertain ourselves. So absolutely, this is one to tick off the list.
1: Yeah, you were having uh, dress-up cocktail parties on Friday night. On the reg. It was was a great time of life. I actually quite enjoyed that. (laughs) (laughs) Sensational. So, other news from this report is ad-supported revenue in quarter four grew 14% over the year. So, that was to 449 million euros led by podcasting gains in the mid 30% range. Again, we're just coming from a base of near zero Mm. uh, for podcasting, but that's positive. That's positive. Now, they also did announce the exit of Dawn Ostroff last week when they had the 6% cut. Dawn was the chief content and advertising business officer who also led Spotify's push into podcasting over the last four years. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've made some big plays. We've talked about all these plays. Having someone who is the real champion of podcasting, you know, uh, Daniel X, history is obviously much more around the music and the whole the whole uh, the company is built upon music streaming. So who is going to be there kind of really flying the flag for, for podcasting is I'm not sure of yet. Um, but yeah, it's certainly it's doing a lot on its own merits to warrant attention. So hopefully, you know, this won't sort of impact uh, what we're what we're hearing on on the the platform.
1: And and certainly, I think it's worthwhile for them to invest more into it. Yeah, I think. Based on things I've heard is the people who will be ascending to the run the podcasting side of things are much more uh, business people. Uh So, it'll be more about making a business case for shows and saying, hey, this is a cool bit of content or this is an audience we want to acquire. It's more like, can we make money out of this show? Yeah, okay. So, it's probably something that needs to happen. As always, we will keep an eagle eye on that. Absolutely. Were Spotify's substantial investments in 2022 a mistake? Uh, They made some big investments in terms of hiring, content, acquisitions. They acquired companies like Chartable and Podsites. Did they go too far? I mean, the company's operating loss jumped to 231 million euros, which Mm. was 7 million for the same quarter a year ago. Wow. So they definitely did put some things on the balance sheet there. And just a few months ago, they cut back in some Spotify-owned companies There were layoffs at Gimlet and Parcast. And there was also some culling of shows as well. Um, so X argument is for no is user growth's way up. And that's fair. That is fair. They're way ahead of everyone. Yeah. And there's long-term investments have time to pay off. The argument for yes, he says, in hindsight, I got a little carried away and over relative to the uncertainty we saw shaping up in the market. But he did say... I'd do it again.
0: Yeah, well, I like that approach then. Yeah. <laughs> if he believes in himself, then you know, we'll continue to see that growth, I think.
1: Yeah, I guess the bigger question is one that we sort of mulled over before is but should a founder still be running a business at a mm-hmm. certain point? At a certain point, do you need to hand over to the business people and take more of a back seat?
0: Yeah, or or sort of balance that, you know, you're there as the visionary, the face, like the one with the big ideas and then having the, the support around you to make sure that happens in a way that is uh you know, respects the the shareholders and the business and respects the people who want to listen to this thing you know there's the balance between they create great content they do all these amazing things those things all cost money so on the flip side then you've got the investors who are like well we're not getting a return here what's the deal
1: yeah and the the shining example of this is steve jobs Mm co-founding apple running it sensationally through the uh, start of the mac era and then or at least the apple 2 era and then into the mac era and then getting ousted by his own Uh, I guess his own hire and his own board, going into the wilderness, running Pixar for a while and then coming back and saving the company. all his glory. Yeah, I mean, it does seem... That's the case of sort of flying too close to the sun, get get a correction, go um, reinvent yourself and then come back as the best version of you. So maybe X out there at the moment getting that
0: skivvy in
1: the shopping cart. Absolutely, and doing those juice cleanses (laughs) and not wearing deodorant.
0: Well, look, it seems only fair that we finished on Spotify completely. We've completely covered this uh, company. Just the one final thing that I uh, thought was a little bit interesting that's popped up, and this isn't um, necessarily related to podcasting, but... Spotify they've obviously had huge success in the past few years with the Spotify wrapped campaign this is something you know we talked about towards the end of the year it's something that's very very viral that everyone shares everyone loves it I don't think you know there's a bad word to be said about it
1: we had a brief land on our desk the other day to run a campaign and it's a youth focused campaign, and they normally talk about, uh, I don't know, Melbourne Cup Day, yeah. Hottest 100, this and this. And one of the days they put in as a marker was, and we want to hit something that hits around Spotify Rap Day. Spotify Rap Day. Yeah. So it's and it's become a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the audience is like 16 to 24. Yeah. So it's become a thing. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Well, look,
0: they want to lean further into social functionality. And something, you know, they had really early on with their desktop app, certainly, was the. Uh, ability to see what your friends were listening to and that would be that little bar on the side and it was a live update of what they were playing which i always loved because you know one it was a good way to get recommendations on music if you if you knew someone who was really into music you could get some good little things popping through there without having to maybe necessarily ask but two if you saw someone listening to something that was like truly heinous you could screen share screen grab it and then share it with them and, and give them a bit Name, of shit shame so and i like that yeah so you know you also had the ability to turn it on to private so if i ever did want to Listen to some heinous music. I was able to do so with the piece. It's going to deep dive on (laughs) Britney. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. (laughs) So, I mean, in terms of podcasting, what they're doing is, and sorry, wider platform is they're they're trying to incorporate this friends activity tab into the mobile experience as well. So they've been testing a bunch of different ways to do that and market just to see what what really resonates. And by all accounts, it sounds like it's been widely popular. And people have been sort of banging down the doors to try and be a part of the test audience as well if they weren't seeing it already. So, that's that's a great indicator of fantastic. this thing, the desire for people to have this.
1: No brainer. No. And
0: in the land of kind of how do you discover new podcasts and, and, and that sort of question, I think this is you know a really interesting one, like being able to filter, like you know who's listening to music at the moment, who's listening to podcasts, who's listened to podcasts in the past, whatever. You can just sort of at your own leisure go through and see what your mates are listening to and then you can get on board with that without necessarily. You might not have caught up with them in ages, but when you do, you can talk about the same things. Um, I that's think really cool. That's yeah, really cool. I reckon that's unreal. I uh, look forward to seeing it on the platform. And yeah, it's another way that we can just poke a bit of our, uh,
1: fun at our friends when they are listening to some sort of you know gossipy podcast or whatever Ooh. they want to listen to. Oh yeah, look and just being able to share a playlist. being able to share. Yeah. Used to be able to share. Used to frequently share a music playlist. Did we age out of it? Maybe, yeah. but did it get picked up by the next generation coming through? But if you have this sort of podcast list that you've got on Spotify to be able to share that and go, hey, this is what I listen to. Have a go. Well, we hope it comes into the market soon. Add it to Bumble. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, thank you and as always, take care.